Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Edenbrook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me, and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey guys, thanks for joining me this week. Today I am talking with recording artist Mac Powell, live from LifeFest Music City, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Mac is best known as the frontman for the Christian rock band Third Day, who released 13 albums in 21 years and received four Grammy Awards and 25 Dove Awards. He has been building his solo career over the past few years and is not shy to talk about starting over as a solo artist after being in a successful band for many, many years. We are discussing being stuck in a contract you want out of, the difference in being on an indie label versus a major label, and not being afraid to play in front of smaller audiences. Please enjoy my conversation with Mac Powell. Mac Powell, welcome. Pleasure to Everybody be here. Everybody say hi to Mac Powell. Hey guys. And so for people listening on the podcast, you're like, wait, that was a really weak welcome. But it's because it's been pouring rain. Yeah. And so we don't have as many people here as we were expecting. It's all right. Of rain. We got the right people here. That's right. Who's supposed to be here is here. Exactly. So, well, thank you for, for being here and doing this with us. We're super excited to have you here. Pleasure. And to be playing tonight at Life Fest. That's right. It's going to be awesome. You know, it's weird for me when you say Life Fest, but we're in Tennessee. Life Fest Music City. That's Music right. City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, I've never been here before to this property. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, so this is a property that Johnny Cash owned. It's a mm-hmm. farm that he owned for, I think, about 33 years or so. Yeah, there's a little connection. My son, who's playing guitar with me on stage tonight, his name is Johnny Cash Powell. Nice. Yeah. I assume that was on purpose. It was definitely on purpose. And uh, I, I got to tell John Carter Cash, I was at the Grammys, uh, not long after Johnny had passed, and uh, my son, of course, was named, partly named after Johnny Cash. Um, I won't go through the whole story, but uh, I go up to John Carter Cash and say, you know, I'm sorry for uh, your father's passing, and I want to tell you, he was such an influence on me, on my life, not just musically, but just spiritually as well. And so I looked at John Carter and I said, I want to tell you, I named my son, Johnny Cash Powell, and I'll never forget what John Carter said back to me. He looked me in the eyes, and he went, oh, cool, and he turned around and left. (laughs) 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 And I'm sure I'm probably the hundredth person that told him, (laughs) you know, that my son was named Johnny Cash, so he'd heard it before. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I tell you what, 
We want to hear your story. Uh, we only got about 30 minutes to talk with you, but... I'm going to need 45. Well, we can do... I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm cool with kidding. that. That's that's up to the stage manager if she has to kick us out to uh, do I'll the I'll give you the cliff thing. note version, yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of give us a history of where you're from, yeah. uh, how you grew up, and what got you into music and into Third Day and you mm -hmm. guys kind of getting launched off, and then we're going to walk up, kind of walk up through your career and get some advice from yeah. things like that. Yeah, all right. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible, but... Uh, I grew up uh, in a little town uh, in Alabama, right in the middle of the state called Clanton. And uh, just little town, you know, the population was 7,000 when I lived there. It has blossomed since then. It's like over 8,000. Uh, they, they brought in the Super Walmart. Oh, it's 9,000 now. Okay, it's 9,000. 9, Man. We got a, we got a local. That's, that's here, right. That's right. And, uh, you know... It, I, I, I say I grew up in Clanton, but I grew up like outside of Clanton. Clanton was the big town that we would drive to. Uh, I grew up, you know, on a dirt road about five miles outside of Clanton. And I uh, grew up in this little church. Uh, it was called Providence Baptist Church Number 2. I have no idea where Providence Baptist Number Church, two. the first one, one was. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was the kind of place. It was about as big as this where we're sitting right now. It was maybe a little bit bigger than this. We packed out on Easter and Christmas was 100 people. Real small Southern Baptist Church was not anything like today in the sense of, you know, worship music. It was very different. It wasn't like full band with the sure. lights and, you know, the the good-looking worship leader with his cool haircut and his skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. It wasn't like that. It was <laughs> old Aunt Edna on the piano and five or six people in the choir, right. and and sometimes I was part of that choir. Okay. And so I learned a lot about music through that, but also my, my parents play guitar, both of them play guitar and sing, so I was always around it in my house. And they had a great record collection that I listened to of all the stuff from the 60s and 70s growing up. And so I was just from, people always said, you know, I've always asked me, uh, when did you know you could sing? And I was singing when I was started talking, I was singing. Yeah. And so I was just very fortunate to grow up around it. Nothing professional, of course, but just around the house. So I moved to Atlanta when I was a sophomore in high school. Started playing in a couple of garage bands. Always wanted to be in bands. Um, and really, you know, gave my life to Jesus when I was, was a little kid, eight or nine years old, but didn't really do anything about it. Uh, I kind of remained a baby Christian for a long time. And I'd, you know, get saved every summer at summer camp, stuff like that. But uh, finally Everybody's my, like, chuckle, chuckle, because we yeah, know what yeah. that means. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's all the youth pastors laughing. That's right. That's right. So my senior year, I'm about to graduate high school. And I went to three high schools in four years. We kept moving and moving for different reasons. Um, my senior year, I'm kind of about to graduate a month before I graduate. I was just kind of at a place where I was worried about life. I didn't know what to do. We didn't have a lot of money for me to go to college. I wasn't really college material. I didn't want to join the military. My dad was in the military and, and it was kind of rough on our family. And, and so, you know, all these questions of like, what do I do? And so I just started praying. And I remember somebody at church had said, you should read the book of Romans. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't even know if that's Old Testament or New Testament. <laughs> and so I look at the, you know, the index at the beginning of the, the Bible and uh, Romans, okay, page whatever, 2018. So I turned to that page and I started reading the, yeah, I'd read some scripture before growing up and going to Sunday school, but never really sat down by myself and, and read through the Bible. So I started reading Romans and God's 
Spirit just fell on me and kind of reminded me of that decision I made as a little kid to, to surrender to God and, and realized I wasn't following through with that decision. So I gave my life to the Lord right there and, and just had been in a band. I was in a band with a guy that I went to high school with. Uh, like I said, I always wanted to be in a band. Finally, was in a band that was started... And we were terrible. We were called Nuclear Hoedown. We thought we were like, <laughs> we thought we were going to change the world, but we were bad. But we had all these plans, you know. And so here I am now giving my life to the Lord, surrendering to him. And I feel like he tells me, I want you to quit the band. I'm like, God, I've always wanted to do this. I've got it now. We're starting to roll with this thing. And now you want me to quit? And, but I just was so ready to surrender to him everything. But I said, okay. And so I went to Mark and I said, hey, I'm quitting the band. He's like, why? And I said, well, I give my life to Jesus and we're hanging out in places I don't want to be hanging out and singing about things I don't need to be singing about. And Mark said, and he grew up in church. He was like, well, why don't we start a Christian band? I'm like, what's that? I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I didn't know anything about Christian music. And he kind of explained it to me. We started listening to some stuff and I was like, golly, I didn't know people did this. This is great. Sharing your faith through like modern rock music. And so... Uh, that became the beginnings of Third Day. Uh, about a year later, we met up with with David, our drummer, and Ty, our bass player. They had gone to church together and school together. And we just, you know, these crazy kids who thought we were great and we weren't, and we just kind of went out there and put the hours in and started driving across the southeast and then across the U.S. and got an independent record deal, which turned into a real record deal. And Well, I want to ask you about that. Yeah. So what was it? How did you guys go about figuring out, okay, to get an independent record deal? Like, did someone see you playing at a show and approach you? Yeah. Or, okay, can you talk about that yeah, a little bit? Yeah, we were never a band that made, you know, I don't know if people still do this, but people used to make demos, you know, demo tapes sure. or CDs, and you'd send them to the record company in a hope that somebody at the record company is going to hear it and fall in love with your band and sign you. And we never one time, not once, did we send a demo into a record company. We were too busy. We we didn't really want to be signed. We were we were doing great on our own, and we thought that'll happen one day down the road maybe. And um, there was a local, there was a guy locally in Marietta, Georgia, where we were, uh, who had started. We'd played at this club. At first, it was called the Miracle Theater, and then became the Strand Theater, mm -hmm. which was in uh, in the square in Marietta. And we started playing there, and there'd be like the first couple times there was 50 people there, then there was 70, and then there was 100. Pretty soon we were having about four or five hundred people at our shows as an independent band every once a month, and then we'd go out and do some other shows, some other places, and do pretty well. And it just started growing and growing. And this guy that ran that club wanted to make a, a little indie label, and so we kind of got talked into signing on it. Uh, didn't really want to, but just was like, well, we made the record anyway. Might as well do it, and it turned into a much more a bigger deal than it needed to be, but um, so long story, not so long, we uh, we got to a point where we were kind of getting in arguments with this little label. Like we were selling more records out of our van than they were selling, and yet we were having to give them so much money and do all these things for them, and it was just, we were just kind of felt caught and trapped, and, and um, you know, they had a contract, so we were like, I guess we have to break up as a band because we can't keep giving them money and us not making money and we'll just not be a band. And uh, we went to St. Louis. This is one of my favorite stories. I was telling this a couple of weeks ago to some people at a ranch I was speaking at in Colorado. We went to uh, St. Louis and played this youth event and a bunch of youth pastors and kids were there and 
this guy who was hosting us just knew he could see it in our faces. Like he's like, "What's what's going on with you guys?" And we kind of told him the story. He's like, "We we feel like we might have to break up because we're in this contract we can't get out of, and we don't want to, but it's best for us to break up and maybe in a year or two try to get back together under a different name and all this stuff." And he said, "Well, what do you want?" And I remember saying, I want to be on Reunion Records, because Reunion Records had Michael W. Smith and Rich Mullins and the singer-songwriter and Wes King from Georgia oh, yeah. that I loved. And Love Wes King. So I just loved what they were doing. And they had a, a band called The Prayer Chain and The Throws. They were like doing this newer kind of stuff. And it was just like really, I loved the label and what they were doing. And I said, I want to be on Reunion. He said, well, we're going to pray about that. And I was like, no, that's, that's, I'm not into the name it, claim it kind of thing. Yeah. But he really taught us about being specific in prayer. So we sat down and we prayed, Lord, we want to be on Reunion Records. And by coincidence, a month later, somebody from Reunion Records calls us. I'm being sarcastic with yeah. the coincidence part. And we played not far from here at a show in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we played a Church of Christ event. Did anybody grow up Church of Christ? Okay, so you know there's no instruments. Right. It's all acapella. And so we're playing, yeah, it's all acapella. And so we're playing for this youth event, and these kids are like what? freaking out in a, not in a good way, in a bad way, just okay. sitting there going, are we allowed to clap? Or they don't know what to do. Right. And so, so we're just like, just raging right up on stage. And well, I say stage, we're on the ground yeah. and there's no stage, there's no lights. There's a, a, a fire pit behind us, a hearth that our drummer has to have the drums on, so he's sweating to death back there. And <laughs> it's the just the going, worst. Though? It was the question. Is the fire going? Yes, the fire's going. <laughs> oh, full on. It's like five feet by five feet wow. wide. Yeah. It's just hot as can be in there. And everybody's just sweating and not, and it's nervous, and nobody knows what to do. And I'm just like giving it my all because the label's here watching us. The president of the record company, the head A&R guy, another A&R mm -hmm. guy, and I'm like, we got to get this right, and it's the worst show we ever did. <laughs> and I remember the president of the company, Terry Hemmings, coming up to me and going, that was great. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we started having conversations, and they, they bought our, our record deal out from the indie label, and, and then I'd like to say the rest is history. There's a lot more to it, but... Uh, yeah. Hey, we have more people coming up now. More people showing Welcome, up here. The rain's finally stopped, so that's good. Um, so I wonder, <clears throat> excuse me, once you guys get signed to Reunion, and they're putting you out on the road, and this is a whole, I know we don't, just don't have the time to go into like super detail on all the stuff I would love to do, um, but how, can you talk a little bit about how it's different being an indie artist or signed to an indie label going out doing the way you guys were, and then all of a sudden you're on a major label. Yeah. Like, how does those two things look completely different to you guys? Yeah. Well, we were we were very fortunate. Uh, even before that, we had gotten signed. We had a, a booking deal. We had an agent that started getting us on some festivals and stuff. But but once you get signed, it's it opens up even more, you know, uh, when you have stuff on the radio. And I don't know, it just it really expanded – uh, our territory, you know, to put it biblically. And sure. I think God just really opened up a lot. A lot more doors are opened. Um, and I don't know, it was kind of crazy because we, we often joke that we were, third day was like a five-year overnight success. We had gotten to the point where we had put enough hours in the van and trailer driving through the night. I'd say this, a lot of people have heard me say this before, so... Uh, forgive me for repeating myself if you've heard it, but it was like we were, we had 
put in so many hours of driving in the van and trailer through the night and going and playing for a love offering from a middle school youth group. Yeah. And it took us a long time to realize middle school youth groups don't have a lot of love to offer anybody. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it was just a lot of that spinning our wheels, but at the same time, something cool would happen. We'd, we'd kind of scratch and crawl you know, to, uh, and fight to play in front of like 50 people driving 10 hours to go do that. But then the, then we'd have something locally where there's 2,000 people there. So it was ups and downs. And, it, and, and a le- lesson I learned early on is, like, that continues to happen. Sure. Like, you know, we played, uh, we played the other night in California to – I mean, it was a good crowd, but maybe four or 500 people. And it was fun. It was great. And then I'm going to play in Red Rocks next week to 8,000 people. So there's a you know there's lots of ups and downs and some things aren't as great and and you just kind of even it all out and there's a lot more good than than bad and yeah. and I still I know I'm rambling a little bit but just to to get to the point here is that you know I've been doing this for a long time uh, 25 plus years yeah. I haven't even done the math to, to yeah. I'm afraid to do the math to see how long I've been doing it but I still love it I still um, I still love playing music in front of people, uh, being able to talk about Jesus, share my faith. That thing that I felt 30 years ago, whatever, how many years ago, that drive to really share my faith through the music, that's, that's still there. It hasn't changed. Yeah. And, you know, I was doing country music a couple of years ago when, when the band on Third Day it was done. And I uh, got back in that van and trailer driving through the night to go it's play like the next gig. It, I was starting over, and it was so much fun. Uh, I don't want to do that all the time, yeah. but it was, you know, it really reminded me of why I was doing what I do in the first place. So l- let's talk about that for a second. So third day is, is over, and you decide to go back out on the road as a solo artist, as yeah. Mac Powell doing country music. Or it was Mac Powell and... And the family and reunion. The family yeah. reunion. Um, how does, I mean, people in Christian music have known you for decades now, yeah. you know, and you guys have played thousands upon thousands of people and arenas and won Dove Awards and Grammys and yeah. what, what all. Um, and then you're back to being Mac Powell. Uh-huh. And you're kind of starting over. Yeah. How, how do you start over and still be, you're starting over on a label, Mm-hmm. Right, because you're not yeah. doing it as an indie, Correct. right? You're getting signed. Yeah, yeah the co- well, the country stuff was independent. Yeah. It was independent. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was independent. Well, then, oh, that it, then that even takes us back a little bit further because you're gonna you're completely starting over, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you don't have label support or radio support necessarily. Right. Right. You're kind of have to do that stuff all yourself again. So, yeah. what does that look like for you to kind of reinvent yourself after yeah. being the the front man for Third Day for yeah. twenty? Pl- Years. I'll tell you this, that I, years ago, there was a band that I loved called the Jayhawks. They're an Americana band, and I, they're great songwriters, great band, but ne- never really blew up big. But, you know, as far as Americana music, they were, they were one yeah. of the biggest. And uh, I went to see them in Atlanta one time at this little club. As I'm walking up to go get my tickets at the front, I look down the alleyway outside, and there's a van and trailer. And I'm like, huh, that must be the opening band. There's no way the Jayhawks aren't in a bus, right? And at the time, they were probably my age now, maybe a little bit younger. They were probably in their mid-40s, late, late 40s. Um, and I go in and see the show, and there wasn't an opening band. I went, oh, my goodness. The Jayhawks, this band that I just absolutely love, who are amazing, they're driving, they're old men, and they're driving in a van and trailer 
to each gig, and I'm just shaking my head going, that's so sad, so sad. I hate that for them. <laughs> and then fast forward years later, when I was doing my country thing, I was like, if you want to get there, got to get in the van and trailer. And I'm and once I started doing it, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. It wasn't so sad. So sad. It wasn't it was, so oh, sad yeah. at all. <laughs> I loved it. I had, I mean, and honestly, there were times where we had like a big RV, not a bus necessarily, but an RV. Me and my band would get in that, and we'd go, oh, yeah, this is great. And five minutes down the the road, we go, oh, I miss the beast, which is my van. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loved that time of being, I don't know, there's something about it. It takes you back to those early days of when you first, sure. you know, just loved going on the road. And so, like I said earlier, I wouldn't want to do that forever. I can't do that forever. I'm yeah. too old for that. <laughs> but uh, there's something fun about that, man. So, so in regards to your question of like, what's that like? It was like, it was just a renewal for me. And I would go, and then some of y'all would go to those country shows. I know some of you. Uh, and they're pro- and I would joke about this. I'd say some of you, you know, probably have seen me play in front of thousands of people. And here we are tonight in front of 100 people on a good night. Yeah. And you're probably going, oh, that's so sad. But it wasn't <laughs> sad for me because it was starting over. It was yeah. like I remember playing in front of that few people when I was younger and going, I'm going to build this thing. Yeah. And then some stuff happened to where... And I finally, in January of 20, I was like, all right, it's, I've got some song ideas. I always knew, and I never really left Christian music. I was, I was still playing festivals and still playing at churches and stuff, but playing both. I was doing clubs and Christian stuff. And so um, I had a bunch of ideas uh, gathered together at the beginning in January of, of 20. I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a Christian record. And by the time I started doing that, then the pandemic hits, and it was like, all of a sudden, here I am. I signed a, a deal with Capital, uh, Capital Christian Capital, and and just you know, here I am. I was like, this is this is where I belong, and I and I hope that I'll be able to do some country stuff again one day. Yeah. But my focus right now is really establishing this solo career within this market, and which I which I love so much. Yeah, and the new song, New Creation, is yeah. a new single. Yeah. I've been hearing it on the radio a bunch the Good. past couple of weeks, Good. and I love it. It's great, Thank you. Thank great you. sound. It's appreciate it. You know, it's got um, elements of Third Day, I feel like, partly in there, but it's still uniquely Mac Powell and kind of infusing those worlds together to some degree. Yeah, I think so. I think people probably don't know what to expect when they come see me live. I think a lot of people are hoping, he better do a Third Day song. Well, (laughs) uh, I I wouldn't say half my set, but a lot of my set is Third Day song. I mean, I wrote that stuff, and I sang it for years, so I want to do those songs. I love those songs. And so I think there are some artists probably in the past that wanted to totally separate from their band or whatever they were doing before. I, I'm not like that. Yeah. And it was a good thing. We didn't, we didn't end on bad terms. We loved each other, still love each other, keep in contact with each other. You know, my hope is one day we'll do some kind of reunion tour and, and get awesome. together. And, uh, yeah, well, I got a couple of amens. <laughs> Um, but I'd love to do that. I think very reserved at the moment. I think inside of it's like, yes! Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that <laughs> one day. You know, I, I'm, I don't, we'll never get together as a band permanently again, sure. but I'd love to make music with them again. Just and, a reunion tour. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> one cool. day. That'd be awesome. Well, real quick, because we're about to run out of time, but I w- want to open it up to a couple of questions from the audience. Um, so again, this is a music. which has doubled in size since we started. That's true. Love yeah, it. it's, thanks it's, y'all for it's showing. It's a great up. crowd. Thank you guys for showing up. Um, so related to music, any guys, musicians, artists, songwriters, producers, want to be in the music business? Not quite sure what to do to do that. Okay, so we got some. 
Yeah. Um, we'd like to open up to those types of questions. So uh, raise your hand if you got a question. And Beth here, yes, sir. Uh, Beth is going to hand you a mic here. Tell us, your, stand up. Tell us your name and what is your question for Mac? So my name is Daniel Smith. Listen Daniel. to that voice. <laughs> Actually got saved at a third day concert oh, wow. Wow, awesome. when I was 13 years old. Awesome. <laughs> Left out of that place wanting to start a band and did it. And we're going to be playing at three o'clock on the main oh, stage that's awesome, today. So yeah, yeah. Un that, unseen anthem. The unseen anthem. Right. So, that's awesome. so that being said, a lot of us as musicians and artists, our dreams are to do things that, that you've done in such an amazing way. Now that you are where you are, like, what do you dream for in your life? Like, mm. what is, where does your heart go? Like, yeah, what do man. you dream for? That's, you know, it, it's such an interesting question. Um, I know how to answer that. I know the answer, but it doesn't sound, it's, it doesn't, it's not a beautiful answer. But my dream is, is just get to continue to do this, you know. I don't really, I don't have these aspirations of what I'm doing now being, you know, to the level the third day was. I don't, I don't need it to be. I don't expect it to be, nor need it to be. Everything for me is icing on the cake for now on. And I've, I've said this to a lot of people in the past two years, and it sounds like I'm saying a joke, and I mean it with all my heart when I say this. I'm just happy to be here. I really am. I'm so thankful for God's grace and his mercy and that him allowing me, uh, letting me do this still. And for fans still supporting and praying and coming to shows and, um, you know, it's crazy. I get to, I've always been a fan. Ever since I first knew about Christian music, I became just a psycho fan for Christian music. And I'm still there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, that I get to share the stage with so many artists, yeah. so many friends and, and new artists. And it's still, it's still a thrill for me. I love to get to do it. And so my dream is to just continue to get to do it for as long as people want to listen. Yeah. One of the things I always tell people on my podcast is because it's called You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry, and there's all different facets of the industry that make it run, right? It's not He just didn't music. say a good living. He just said you a can living. make a living. <laughs> right. But the, the point is for me is I always tell people if you can, if you can uh, pay your bills and if you have a family, if you can support a family, if you can do those two things in music, regardless of what area of the music business you're in, right. then you are successful. And it may yes. not be the level of success that you had hoped for or thought it was going to be, right. but if you're paying bills mm -hmm. and keeping your family taken care of, yeah. you are being successful. I'm very thankful. It's, it's kind of a little ironic because my country band was called Mac Powell and the Family Reunion. But now, as a solo artist, I have joining me on stage tonight, my oldest, my daughter just graduated in the spring. She's playing bass for me. She just got engaged. Her fiance is playing drums for me. Okay. My oldest son, Johnny Cash, is playing guitar for me. I've got basically today on the bus, I have my whole family except my wife. She's like, y'all go. I need a weekend to myself. <laughs> so the whole, I've got all five kids on the bus yeah. uh, and a couple other people. And uh, it's, it really is a family reunion now. So yeah, I'm so really thankful cool. for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, well, we're about to run out of time, and main stage is over there starting to do sound checks. They're yeah. going to drown us out in a minute. So just real quick to wrap up, um, can you give some advice yeah. for, for the audience, for the people listening on the podcast right. that want to do what you have done throughout your career, yeah. with either as a solo artist uh, in a band, right. like Third Day, or as a songwriter, you produce, 
right? Yeah. You do some uh-huh. producing, and I'm sure, you know. Um, so kind of all the things that you've done throughout your career, yeah. for people listening, what would be some advice you would give people? Like, this is, this is what it really takes. Right. Okay, this is the stuff you can't find on a Google search. Yeah. This, I'm going to give you the most simple answer, and you're going to go, everybody here is going to look at me and go, duh. But it's, it's a matter of, so it's one of these things we know, but, but you have to really live it out. And that is to not be, af- if you're a performer, don't be afraid to play in front of small audiences. Like, I, to this day, I'll go do, there's times where I'll play in front of whatever, 100 people. Sure. And it's like, if you don't enjoy doing that, and you're like constant, and that's place A in life, and you're constantly looking for place B and place C, yeah. if you don't enjoy where you're at in A, you're not going to ever enjoy B and C. So enjoy where you're at. Uh, be have this dissatisfied contentment. So be content there, but still dissatisfied in, in wanting to to reach out to more people and to grow and expand your ministry and your and your artistry. And so I know that's very simple, but it's like don't be afraid to start small. Don't be afraid to get in that van and trailer or that rental car by yourself if you need to, and drive through the night to play in front of 50 people because those things grow and grow. And if you're good and if God's <laughs> spirit is on you, there's always somebody there that goes, yeah. oh, well, we'd love to have you at our church or whatever. Or I've, I've got this friend who runs this festival and all these. You'd be amazed at the connections you have at playing the little small places. Yep. So don't be afraid to do that. And don't be, you know, don't be afraid to be humble to do those things. I, I laughed when you said don't be afraid to drive through the night to play for a small crowd because... About three years ago, I had to go out to California to fly out there to play play a show, and got on the plane in Nashville. Had to fly to Denver and then take another flight. As soon as I got on the plane in Nashville, they said the Denver flight is canceled, and so I'm flipping out, trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do when I get to Denver? Right. And waited around for a few hours, waiting for another plane to go. It wasn't going to happen until late, late. So I ended up renting a car in Denver, drove to San, past San Francisco. So I drove all night long and half of the next day to play a show like two hours later. Yeah. And wow. it was exhausting, yeah. but it was amazing. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like when you get, when you're driving all through the night and you're like, you're just amped <laughs> up trying to stay awake. You're right, like, right. oh my gosh, you're going through the desert, you know, yeah. and there's nothing around. You're like, just, you know, crank the radio, put the windows down and, yeah. and go, you know, and it was like this amazing adventure that I needed to, that I did not know that I needed to yeah, have. Absolutely. Right? And you'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. Yeah. yeah. And neither will my family. Right. right I bet. <laughs> so, I bet. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being Pleasure. with us. Thanks it was awesome. I wish we could, we could talk much, much more. I, if you're, I might have you back on the we'll podcast. Do it again so we'll sometime. go deep, Would deep dive to. or something. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody say thank you to Mac Powell. Thanks guys. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for showing up. All right, guys, there you have it. I hope you had a great time listening to our conversation today. I hope you take what we've talked about today and find ways to apply it to your career as well. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. And please share it with all of your friends so that we can continue to get this message out to everyone around the world. Remember, Edenbrook Productions is here to help if you need consulting services via phone, Skype, Zoom, or FaceTime. Let us know how we can help you begin to make a living in the music industry.